0: Did you know that women's bodies change every seven years? If you look back at your life, you will likely notice that there are big emotional or physical shifts at 14, 21, 28, 35, and so on. In this week's episode, we're going to take a closer look at what's exactly
1: changing every seven years and why we should pay attention. Hi. I'm Adrienne Irizarry. I'm an Eastern medicine practitioner who is passionate about women's health and helping women live their best lives. My goal is to put you in the driver's seat of your menstrual health, offering period solutions for a symptom-free life. Statements made in this program are for educational purposes only and not intended as a substitution for medical consultation or advice. We do not claim to diagnose, treat, or cure any diseases. This podcast is inclusive and welcomes all gender identities. The focus of the program is on biological function, and we will use the term women throughout, but it is referencing physiological and social challenges for biology, not identity. Come as you are, I am happy you're here and welcome all performances of identity. I hope you find something helpful in this show.
0: Welcome back to another episode of the Reproductive Rebel Podcast. I'm really excited about this week's episode. I know I probably say that every single week because I'm just so darn excited about what I do. But I really like this particular topic because I find that it is very eye-opening and sheds a lot of light for quite a few people on why their body does what it does. So Every single one of the stages that I'm going to touch on in this week's episode, I'm going to be doing a deeper dive in upcoming episodes about those particular topic areas. So you'll definitely want to subscribe and make sure that you don't miss any of the upcoming episodes because each one of these is going to be eye opening on a lot of levels. So I want to talk about the seven-year cycles that women experience during their life. So Chinese medicine believes that women's bodies transition in a seven-year cadence and men's bodies transition in an eight-year cadence. There's a reason why You know, we hit certain stages before they do, but just like we go through menopause, they go through this thing called andropause and we don't talk about it enough. There's plenty of memes and stuff about all of the crazy, quote unquote, that comes around menopause. But honestly, it's really coming from a misunderstanding and imbalances that a lot of people present with. So I think that it's really important to understand that your body is going to change in this seven year pattern. And when I say that, it's not like you magically hit 14 and boom, a button is pushed and this is going to change. No, it's not like that. A lot of times you'll start seeing changes a couple years on either side of one of these benchmarks. So for example, I know that I hit 35 and I was doing just fine. And then about two years after I hit 35, then I started to see that shift in my chi that I knew inherently was coming, but was way more rude than I expected it to be. (laughs) So it's eye-opening, informative. It helps us to you know, calm and quiet that inner critic a little bit when we understand and can hold space for ourselves that our bodies are going to make certain types of shifts. And some of it we have control over and some of it we don't. So Chinese medicine believes that there is this concept of inborn qi, which is what we inherit from our parents at birth. The quality and quantity of that chi is determined by the health and wellness of our parents at the time of conception, but that it's more of a finite supply of chi. So you can dip into it, but you can't really replenish it. You can think about it like a savings account, maybe something more like a trust is a little better analogy because once things are in it, they're in it and you can pull from it. You can deplete it, but you can't add to it after the fact. Acquired qi is the aspect of our vitality that we can influence. So we get qi from our food. We get it from our environment, like sunshine. We get it from our lifestyle. We can improve this aspect of our qi. Through eating high-quality foods, practicing a balanced lifestyle, living in harmony with the seasons, all of those kinds of things. So it's kind of like putting money into a checking account. You can spend from it, you can put into it, but that part you can influence. So keep that in mind as we start talking about some of these transitions because you know what you inherited you don't have any control over, but there's quite a lot that you can do with diet, the quality of what you're eating, your lifestyle. Are you, you know, running around all the time like your hair's on fire or are you giving yourself time to rest, downregulate, change of scenery, whatever it is to help your body to calm down and relax? So let's take a look at these seven-year cycles. Hormone and fertility changes happen at a rate around each of these landmarks. So the first seven-year transition is, you know, when you're in your childhood. And a lot of times, like if you're a parent and you're a parent of a young girl, You'll see that that their faces change from like that baby face, that rounder face to looking more like a young woman, like a little girl right around seven. I remember when my daughter hit that point and I was like, "Ooh, you're looking very old these days. <laughs> and it's because all that baby softness had started to come out of her face and she was starting to look a little bit more like a young lady, you know, so The ones that we're going to focus on for the purposes of this conversation. And like I said, we're going to have some episodes that are going to come after this, that are going to focus on each of these cycles in a more detailed way. But seven times two. So the second time you've come through that seven year cycle, you are at 14 years of age. 14 years of age is where Chinese medicine believes what they call the dew of heaven arrives, meaning that the menses begins, also known as menarche or menarch. The healthy range for that to start is between 12 and 14 years of age. We will talk in the episode around a girl's first period about this change that we've been seeing in more and more girls starting between 9 and 11 and why that's happening. But just know that Chinese medicine believes that 14 is right around the time a girl's period should start. It could be a couple of years on either side, 12 to 16. But if you're 16 or older, that is already starting. Or if you're closing in on 16, it's pointing to an imbalance that's already starting to show up in the body. Just like if the body starts the period before 12, for example, it's pointing to an imbalance that's already starting to present itself in the body. So. 12 to 14 is a healthy range for the body to start the period. And then that next seven-year transition brings us to 21 years old. This is where Chinese medicine believes that you have reached the age of full sexual maturity and full physical maturity. So they believe that if people engage in sex prior to 21 that it does affect the chi and the constitution of the body so 21 is a big one so 14 you're in your fire phase and then you move into your earth phase at 21 So this is a good time, like, if people are starting to think about babies, your body has reached full maturity, fertility is in a healthier place to have a very healthy baby and a healthy pregnancy and all of these kinds of things. 28 is considered the peak of full vitality in a woman's life. Oftentimes, this is where we're going to hit the heart of our peak fertility. So, a lot of times you'll see that, you know, between 28 and 33 is kind of the peak of a woman's life in terms of fertility. I say that from a Chinese medicine standpoint, but this, you know, honestly, I've seen women get pregnant well into their 40s with very healthy babies, healthy pregnancies, healthy babies. And I think our culture puts a lot of pressure on that 28 to 33 in terms of getting pregnant. And then they start making women feel like you're over the hill and way too old to be pregnant, which isn't really true. This goes back to that checking account thing. So if you're putting good stuff in your system, you are being mindful about your movement and how you're caring for yourself and the quality of what you're eating and There's lots of things that you can eat that will affect your egg quality, because I know that's something that comes up as people get older and they're, you know, they wanted to start their professional lives and have a career and create some stability in their life before they had babies and then are now coming to The table to have the conversation about motherhood, you know, in their late 30s and early 40s. And oftentimes I see, you know, fertility in this age range as kind of this panic state of, oh God, my clock is running out. And it's like, but no, it's not running out. Your clock has not run out. You have not stopped your bleeding years yet. Your clock has not run out. There are things that you can do, and we'll talk about it in more detail, like I said, but. You know, what you're eating, you literally are what you eat and how you're balancing your stress. Stress is a big one for fertility. And it doesn't matter if you're 28, 38 or 48. Stress is a killer for fertility and not finding meaningful ways to balance the stress in your life will absolutely affect your fertility. And it doesn't matter how young you are or how old you are. So while I put out there that, you know, the overarching understanding is that 28 to 33 is kind of that peak zone for fertility, you know, we have too many conversations in our culture that make us feel like our time is running out. And when you put that kind of pressure on fertility, the magic doesn't happen. So 28 is another earth phase benchmark. And you are probably the most fertile of your whole life right then. But if you are not eating well, you're not sleeping well, you're stressed out, you can have fertility challenges there too. So we're not gonna hang our whole hat on that. Then we're gonna move to 35. 35 is probably one of the ones where women start noticing the biggest shift. And this is the one that I really would like to get ahead of people getting to this zone. So, that we can start talking about how you can protect your chi going forward. So, 35 is where chi naturally begins to start declining, but you can really affect that decline by how you live your life and what you put into your body. So, You can see this, like I said, any of these benchmarks, a couple years on either side. I know me personally, 35 didn't come roaring in for me until I was like 37, 38. And then I started really feeling it like, wow, I slept six hours last night. Usually I could survive on six, but yeah, no, that's not even touching this. And I started needing to prioritize eight hours of sleep zero exceptions when i have less than that i feel like a small child that wants to have a tantrum because i just don't feel my best i don't feel like i've recovered and replenished well i can feel that i feel whiny (laughs) it's not pretty but i have come to realize that i can't burn the candle at both ends like i used to when i was younger I have to be mindful of, yes, I need to prioritize going to bed right now. Yes, I need to prioritize making sure that I'm getting three square meals a day and I can't just do this grazing snacky stuff or forget to eat lunch or things like that because I just didn't feel good and I was getting brain fog and all of these kinds of things. So you know when i began to more meaningfully look at you know i actually really need to put in what i'm taking out right so this is responsible spending in a checking account you know if i would got really meaningful around putting in what i was taking out whether that was food in my body sleep in my body giving myself punctuation throughout the day and what i mean by that is you know life moves fast. There's demands on the time. You know, I've got kids, I've got to run places, all of those kinds of things. And then having moments where I get to completely unplug, not look at my phone, not spend time with TV, go out in nature for a walk, things like this. One of my favorite tools is actually feet up the wall. And I lay down on the floor in my office and I put my feet up the wall. It changes my perspective. It takes me out of that need to go, 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 go all the time kind of energy. And when you create meaningful punctuation like that, it could be feet up the wall. If you work in a big corporate office, maybe it's taking a lap around the floor and taking a stop at the bathroom or filling your water bottle or whatever. But just you know, take that time to decompress for a few minutes, turn off for a few minutes, that actually helps the spend in your chi so let's make this meaningful and doable like this doesn't have to be i have undivided meditation time i mean if you have that that's beautiful and i'm actually finding that as i get older i need more of that time in order to feel well adjusted, in order for my stress level to be managed in a more appropriate way. And, you know, maybe as I continue to age, it will become more and more of a meaningful part of my life. But even just little ways that, you know, not eating lunch at your desk and working all the way through your lunch, then you're not getting a break, right? You might have been able to maintain that when you were younger, but once you hit 35 like, and that natural G decline starts to take place, those types of habits, you're going to burn through what you have for resources faster. And even if you're putting good stuff in, you might be taking out of that account faster than you're putting things in. And that isn't a healthy balance either. So 35 is really one of the most pronounced shifts that a lot of women start to notice. It starts becoming really apparent that, oh, there's something going on in here. 42 is the next one. 42 is where our yin begins to decline. Some women start noticing this closer to 40. Some notice it, you know, 44 into their mid-40s. But yin begins to decline, meaning that Unless you're proactive about making sure you're staying hydrated, and yes, I'm talking about more than just water, things like bone broth with collagen is one of the best things that you can do for hydrating your system. Because not only are you getting amino acid chains in there, and I know all of my meat freers are cringing right now, but hear me out. You're getting amino acid chains that you need to build blood and other substances in your body, but it signals the body when you're drinking water to hold the water that you're putting in. So you don't have to come in with the 64 ounce jug that you drink three times a day. When I see people that are in that yin decline period, they're like, oh yeah, I'm drinking tons of water. And I'm like, but you're still feeling thirsty. You're going to the bathroom all the time. So it's going straight through you. It's not serving you in the way that you need it to. So how we spend our chi, how we manage our diet really does start to become incredibly apparent by the time we hit our late thirties and early forties. So our yin begins to decline around 42. This does not mean you're going through menopause. This means that you are in the early stages of perhaps your perimenopausal journey, but you're not there yet, okay? A lot of people think when this change starts to begin to happen, like I have to be headed towards menopause. It's a process just like that little girl that i was talking about where they go from having a baby face to a slightly more mature thinner face it takes several years from the time that face change happens for breasts to bud for hair to be apparent in you know private areas and things like that like it's a several year process before they get to the point that their body begins to bleed It's the same thing here. You start to see signs of it, but it's a several year process as your sea of blood begins to dry up as you're headed towards menopause. So 49, seven times seven, right? 49 is generally where Chinese medicine anticipates menopause onset. So that age range can be 48 to 52. And again, it could be a couple of years on either side of that. I've had women who have come into my practice and gone, I don't think I'm going through menopause yet. And then a couple of months later we meet and they're in their mid 50s. Right. And they're like, oh, I think I might have started that transition because now I'm getting hot at night and now my I feel like my fuse is super short. Is that normal? Right. But menopause onset is typically between 48 and 52 with the average age right now of 51. And that does change a little bit, but right now the average age is 51. The longer you hold on to your bleeding years, the healthier you're gonna be. So it's not a bad thing to start early in terms of being mindful about how you're spending your energy Like, if I could get a hold of every early 30s something and say, hey, girl, you'll thank me later, (laughs) but here's what's going to happen. And if you start, you know, putting these kinds of things into your diet, lifestyle, routine, mindfulness practices, all of those kinds of things, like you're going to come out on the other end way better. And Oh, man, I wish I could get a hold of everybody. This is why I have this show. Because I want this information to be out there so that women can learn meaningful ways of taking care of their bodies. A lot of times we have all of these menstrual issues and we start seeing them typically 35 and older. It's because our chi is declining. The way that we move through the world is changing. What we need to put into our body is changing. All of those kinds of things. Make a lasting impact on our health as we age, our bone density as we become older women. Like every woman should have a weight training program in their life of some sort by the time they're 35 years old, ideally start it before that. And when I say that, this does not mean that you have to be a power lifter. Okay. Western culture thinks that we need to do everything to a friggin' extreme and we don't. We don't. This could be two to three pound weights while you're doing your bar class. Like it doesn't have to be crazy, but your body needs that muscle tug on bone in order to keep your bone health and your bone integrity. And that starts becoming a progressive issue when you are 35 and older. Okay. So learning where these benchmarks are and how to meaningfully care for yourself at each of these transition points is going to help your elder years, your older years, your golden years, whatever you want to call them. I like to think of them as golden years because I feel like the best is yet to come. My 20s were a shit show. I was one health problem after another when I was a younger woman. My late teens through my late 20s, man, I had more problems with my period. My endometriosis ran my life because I didn't know how to take care of myself. I didn't know what I didn't know. You know, I would have made different choices around birth control. I would have made different choices around partners. I would have made different choices around a whole bunch of things if I had known then what I know now. And so this is why I'm so passionate about this show reaching as many people as possible because you don't have to have buyer's remorse where you sit at 42 and go, Well, shit, I wish I had known this way back then because I would have made a whole bunch of different choices. I hear that every day in my practice. Man, Adrian, I've learned more with you in an hour than I've learned, you know, I wish I could go back and tell my 15-year-old self fill in the blank. Right? I had a I had a couple that was in this week. She said the same thing. She's like, "Oh, she says, I wish I had known at my daughter's age what you're telling me now because I, my whole life would have been different." So I'm really hoping my dream for this show is that it will help people to make these choices to help their bodies live their best lives through their entire life. So take this information, share it with a friend, you know, make sure that you're subscribing so that as these episodes come out over the next few weeks about healthy menstruation and healthy first starts for periods and all of these life transitions, because I am going to go into more detail with these transitions, like this is important information. Share it with friends, introduce the show to them. Like women need to know what they don't know. My hope is that this show is going to empower you and your friends and future generations of women to live their healthiest and best lives because periods don't have to rule our life. They only do because we don't understand or haven't been taught how to take care of them. Whenever I meet people who have relatives of Asian descent or Indian descent, those women really are plugged in in terms of how to care for themselves, because they've had grandmothers that have been reminding them about certain things and and those types of oral history traditions and it's beautiful because this is the information that this is why western culture is so damn unhealthy these are things that our mothers and our grandmothers and our great grandmothers understood and has been lost as we've gone along and i just want everybody to know this stuff so that You don't have to suffer with endometriosis pain that takes you out of work two or three days out of the month. You don't have to pass out trying to have a bowel movement because it hurts to have a bowel movement while you're on your period. I don't want you to be like, oh, God, I'm awake between one and three in the morning and I am like sweating through my sheets. What is wrong with me? There's nothing wrong with you. It's that your body is asking for certain tools. And I really, my hope for this show is that we'll give you the tools that you're looking for. So join the conversation, get into our Facebook group and you know, share what you think about this episode and other shows because there are people just like you that are asking questions like this that are excited to be given tools that they can start to meaningfully put into their lives today. And, you know, that is an excellent place to connect with other like-minded people just like you. If you are interested in more specific information about your cycle, what is going on in your cycle and how you can meaningfully take care of all of the elements of your cycle, check out the Tao of Women Institute. The first course that you're going to take is Body Basics because it lays the groundwork for everything else that's going to come after it. And then it literally is the key that unlocks the door to Not Your Mama's Menstrual Course, to Coming Into Second Spring, which is about perimenopause and menopause, and so much more. So join us in the Facebook group, share your thoughts about this episode, check out the Dialog Women Institute, and really empower yourself with information so that you can live your healthiest and best life and join us next week as we continue this journey looking at seven-year cycles.
1: Thank you for joining me for another episode of Reproductive Rebel. Reproductive Rebel is recorded by certified peristeam hydrotherapist, herbalist, sound healer, and Chinese nutritional therapist, Adrian Irizari of Moon Essence, LLC. If you are interested in setting up an appointment with Adrian for one-on-one support, ordering from our store or checking out our course offerings visit our website at moonessence.life be sure to subscribe to our newsletter to get insider information on upcoming events and offerings join the conversation like us and follow moon essence me on instagram facebook twitter or linkedin your voices make this program possible thank you all for your continued support